Welcome to another episode of Just a Jackass with a Note in His Mouth. I'm your host and resident jackass, Brad Alexander. This episode, Ruined by God. The word holy gets thrown around a lot. We use it as an exclamatory tied with many other words. People declare holy and link it with cows. They also link it with excrement, which is interesting. The word means to be set apart for a special purpose, to be revered, sacred, and worthy of veneration. This word is a specific attribute of God. In Isaiah 6 and Revelation 4, we see the word repeated three times, holy, holy, holy. And then they continue with that holy, 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 repeating it three times over and over again. It's the only attribute of God that is repeated in this way. It's certainly to reinforce the importance of this attribute. And it could also be seen as a referencing of God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit, the Trinity or triune nature of God. When we use the word holy, we should be aware of its meaning. We diminish the value of that word by using it carelessly, though we will never diminish the holy attribute of God. And you may remember Robin, Batman's sidekick in the original TV series, Batman. Well, he declared many things as holy, using it as an exclamatory. I mean, he said holy bunions, nightmares, uncanny photographic mental process, contributing to the delinquency of minors, knit one pearl two, oleo, and lots of other things. The interesting thing about Burt Ward, the actor who portrayed Robin, he was actually big into the occult. And before you think I'm on some kind of a witch hunt here, I, it, I'm not. That's not what this is about. I'm just stating that fact, and, and I just wonder if his lack of reverence for true holiness fed his journey in the dark arts. I, I don't know. I don't know if he dabbled in darkness before or after the show. I don't know which came first, the robin or the egg, okay? So another issue I have with Robin is he's the lamest sidekick ever. He doesn't have the utility belt. I mean, he really doesn't have any, you know, any of the cool gadgets. He's not strong. He can't fly. And he usually ends up needing to be rescued by Batman. So having an older brother, when we used to play Batman and Robin, what role do you think I played? Yep, I was always Robin. And I was always either knocked out or tied up by the bad guys needing to be rescued by Batman. And when I pointed out, hey, what about that one episode where Robin saves Batman? My brother said, that episode sucks. Now go tie yourself to that tree and wait for me to rescue you. So, anyway, I don't know what got me off on that tangent, but it feels good getting that off my chest. But... Back to the importance of and value of the word holy and holiness. There are lots of examples of people recognizing God's holiness and by comparison, their own sinfulness or lack of holiness. And they're throughout the Bible. 
God is set apart from all creation. He is to be revered by those he created. In Genesis 18, Abraham, while he's pleading with God about sparing Sodom, Abraham acknowledges in God's presence that he was but dust and ashes, useless, unworthy to be in the presence of the Holy Lord. Moses, in front of the burning bush, is told by God to remove his sandals because he is on holy ground. God's presence is there, so don't bring even the dust of the unclean world to that holy place. We see Isaiah recognizing in the presence of God in the temple as the cherubim, angels, sing, Holy, holy, holy. The prophet says, Woe is me. I am a man of unclean lips. Seeing the disparity between himself and God. Even the angels are described with six wings, two covering their faces, two covering their feet, and with two they fly. Even the angels are overwhelmed by God's holiness. We see Peter in Luke chapter 5. Yeshua, Jesus, tells him, let's put out in deep water and uh, go catch some fish. That's my paraphrase. But he tells him to put the boat out in, in deep water and catch fish. So Simon Peter, Shimon Kepha, if you will, says that they're labor- they've labored and they've fished all night long. And they caught nothing. But, he says to Jesus, if you say so, we will go. They get out to the deep water, drop the nets down, and the nets become so filled with fish that they begin to break. They call a second boat out to help. And both boats are weighed down so much by all the fish that they're at the point of almost sinking. Simon Peter drops to his knees and tells Jesus, depart from me, sir. I am a sinner. He recognizes through what God has done that Yeshua, Jesus, is no ordinary man. He is set apart. He is holy. And Peter knows that he himself is not. And he is humbled. Saying, please, depart from me. I'm a sinner. And that word sinner right there means one stained from vice and crime, transgressions of the law. Verse 11 of Luke 5 says, after, after all of those things happened, it says, they left everything and followed him, Jesus. So now we take a look later, and in John chapter 6, Jesus is teaching something difficult for some of the folks to understand. He tells his disciples, after revealing himself as the bread of life, that unless you eat the flesh and drink the blood of the Son of Man, Jesus, you have no life in you. But when you eat and drink his flesh and blood, you will have eternal life. Now, we all know he's not talking about cannibalism here, but... That was a hard teaching and hard for some folks to understand. He's referring to the consuming of God's word, which he is the word made flesh, John 1. And so he's talking about 
reading, obeying, and abiding in God's Word. Remember, man doesn't live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. And Jesus also said that his meat, or food, was to do the will of God. So in verse 66, after making this statement about eating his flesh and drinking his blood, many disciples turned back and no longer walked with him. So the Messiah turns to the twelve, the original twelve, and says, Do you want to go away as well? Simon Peter responds, Lord, to whom shall we go? You have the words of eternal life. Simon Peter, who recognized the holiness of Messiah on that boat, he left everything to follow him. He is the one who made the declaration to Jesus, acknowledging him as Messiah, son of the living God. He basically tells Jesus, You have ruined us for everyone else. There's no one else to follow. You have the words of life. You have the words of eternal life. And when we recognize God's holiness and the gift he gave us in his son, Messiah Jesus, and we leave all to follow him, God will ruin us for all others. He ruins us for any other religious concept, group, or leaders, and he ruins us for this world. One of my favorite passages is from Jeremiah, and he's tired and worn out from delivering these prophecies, many of which were kind of doom and gloom prophecies. And he's, he's tired of the hatred from all the people and the threats, and he's just worn out. And he says that he is determined that he is done. He's not doing it anymore. He said that he would never again speak in God's name. And as he attempted this, he declares he became weary. He was becoming weak from holding it back. And he said, I am weary with forbearing and I can't hold it back anymore. God's word is like a fire shut up in my bones and I can't contain it any longer. He was ruined by God and could only follow and obey him. One last thing. I mentioned Peter called himself a sinner, stained by vice and crime, transgression of the law, transgressing the law. This takes us to the amazing words of the prophet Isaiah. Come, let us reason together. Though your sins be as scarlet, they will be made white as snow. Jesus removes that stain of sin on us all, taking those who are sinful and unholy and making us righteous and holy. The scripture says, He who knew no sin, referring to Jesus, was made to be sin, that in him, those who believe in him would be made the righteousness of God. All the stain of sin poured out on Messiah Jesus on that cross 
that we could be made the righteousness of God in him. He paid the price to remove that stain of sin from us all through his torture, death, burial, and resurrection by which we now may walk in new life as we declare him Lord of our lives and believe in our hearts God raised him from the dead. If you don't know if that stain is on you or if you do know that stain is on you and you want it removed, you can have eternal life. Surrender to him now in prayer. Yield yourself to him. Abide in his word. Leave all and follow him. And let God ruin you. Let him ruin you for all others and let him ruin you for the world. That you will cling to the one who has the words of eternal life, Messiah Jesus. Thank you for giving me your time. I appreciate you listening to this jackass with a note in his mouth. God bless. Go out and give him heaven.